Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Beasts of burden, 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 beasts of burden. That's an oxen, that's a donkey. Take a thing and put it on their back and make them carry it to where you were going to go. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where I try not to cough for an hour. And I try to come up with five sketch ideas. I'm yeah. Alistair George William Tremblay Birchall. You're very much on your own, Alistair. I'm Andy, but I will be focusing entirely on the cough part of the equation. Very That's much okay. the unspoken role uh, that I've been playing in so many of the other episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But now I thought it was fine. It was time to finally come clear. Well, like uh, the the pregnant woman of the relationship, I'm going to carry this... Podcast <laughs> by burden, good. Um, and well, you just Great. you just Great. failed your right. uh, your own um, goal. Yes. And I want uh, our listeners to know that today's episode is brought to us by our Patreon supporter Mitch Griffiths, who uh, donated at least three dollars so that he could uh, get the king's ear and uh, give us three words for the final sketch of this uh, podcast. Griffiths. Griffiths. What a fantastic sound. Mm-hmm. Griffiths. Oh, yeah. I feel like I've just gone through every emotion. And every consonant. Because, of course, you've got grr, which is anger. Anger. You've got if, which is wonder. And, yeah. And you've got it. And fear. Fear in the, in the unknown. Mm, mm, indeed. Uh, and it. It, which is... Um, well, matter-of-factness. Indeed, indeed. And... Yeah. Uh, which is being pretending to be a snake. <laughs> the whole spectrum of emotion. <laughs> Everything the human frame requires. I mean, oh, mm, no, Alistair, you you finish your sound. <laughs> I mean, it, it would just like this kind of could could sound like the kind of thing that I would come up with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be self-referencing myself. I think it's just since we've interacted with listeners, we've realised how we come across. Yes. Right. Yes, they but, reflect back to us the way that we reflect into them. That's right. We are mirrors and they are mirrors and mm. together we create one of those infinity rooms. Mm, but nothing new. Nothing new. We're no, all no, we're no. seeing is we're, all, we're reflecting back as mirrors. Yeah. yeah. Every sketch is just basically a, an elaboration on one of your Twitter handles. You've surely realized by now. What one of my Twitter handles? Yeah, Twitter handles. Yeah, great. Well, I mean, I know, Andy, our relationship with our listeners is like a house of mirrors with the lights turned off <laughs> and no one inside. <laughs> but we do endeavor to get back to you in four to six hours. Yeah. Now, when you said something about the body's frame, mm. it made me think of, you know, we like these messed up architects. And when I say messed up, I mean accomplished. Yes. Right? <laughs> Who find very creative ways to sort of... Um, 
to you know to hang loads to, mm, to ca- canter- are you thinking the cantilever <laughs> or perhaps the flying buttress Alistair? <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking even beyond that you know what about like even one of those spirals like a spiral you know like <laughs> you know what about like the um you know like a you know person who doesn't have a leg but they have a paddle you know like they have a leg paddle mm, for yeah. you know the olympics yes right? you're talking obviously your Oscar Pistorii. Yeah, a guy like that. Obviously, he, he's he's the most famous, but he's not the best of them. No. No. Let it be known at the outset. That, that we... we condemn his actions, <laughs> alleged <laughs> actions. No, I don't. <laughs> <coughs> alleged. Anyway, I was thinking, what if you had an architect who, who did that kind of stuff, but with mm. humans? He was mm. designing, you know, maybe early on, you know, I guess with sometimes they do it with their own children. You know, there's architects. You know, they they make their own house real nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I know exactly what you mean. They often win an award. Yeah, often. Yeah, That's, and you uh, might look at if you'd bought a ha- the house just that they designed just before that, mm. you might look at that and wonder how much they've been holding back on you. you know, yeah. Ideas that for a bathroom layout that they probably came up with while they were working on your house, but then they thought, no, I'll keep this for mine That's and true. win an award. Yeah. Something like a. I think you should be able to sue those people to be allowed to use their bathroom. That'd be nice. I think if you could sue the architect who mm. has a really nice bathroom after he designed your bathroom. Yes, yes. To and, get access to his bathroom. And to get and so then and then he could design a door that allows you to get into the bathroom Great. or a window because he's creative. Is it like a teleportation magic door that takes you or is it just like a very long tunnel? I think architects at this point still don't have access to Either magic or <laughs> award-winning <laughs> architect. Well, I know, and I understand that it's possible um, they have access to magic, and they've just been holding out on us until they design their own castle. Well, some of their designs, like that bird's nest in Beijing, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they're very creative. I like the way you pronounce the J in Beijing. <laughs> Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was playing a character who pronounced the J's really mm-hmm. hard J's mm-hmm. in Chinese mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. Chinese words. Mm-hmm. Which I believe is a Chinese word, Beijing. <laughs> Look, Alistair, I don't want to get involved. They're a very popular, uh, po- powerful country. They're on the rise. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, at this stage of my career, I'd be a fool to... To take the to, bait. <laughs> to take the bait that you've laid out for me there and weigh in on this very hot, very contentious, is Beijing a Chinese word debate. I wouldn't be at all surprised if this wasn't some kind of a trap. Andy, it's quite... I I know a trap. It's quite interesting that you should say that because my next question was going to be about your stance on the South China Sea. Mm, You see? Yeah. (laughs) And whether you'd go there with me to... to Protest on Yeah, to just say say, uh, I have a right to swim through here. Mm. (laughs) I have a right to swim through here. You're you're engaged in a one-man... Individual uh, freedom of uh, freedom, freedom, freedom of, of navigation yeah. exercise, <laughs> where I will swim yeah. the South China Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite bold because uh, if it does descend into war, it will be the first one on mm. 1.4 billion war to take place yeah. ever. Now they have the advantage of numbers, absolutely. Sure. Sure. But, I'm not going to deny but that. But that's why I'm not going to fight them using conventional <laughs> warfare. <laughs> you see, because to try to fight them, <clears throat> one versus 1. 1.4 bill, 
sure. right, would be absolute madness. Crazy. Yeah. Right? But what if we took that crazy and inject a little bit of crazy into that? Well, that's right. Um, if you sort of wacky it up a little bit, mm-hmm. you've you got to act a bit unpredictable. And I imagine your footwork's going to play a big role in this. Yeah. I mean, it's a little, it'll be a lot like... Um, uh, like a Jackie Chan's drunken master, mm-hmm. and I realize that he may be from China. Yeah, <laughs> and I so think he probably is on the other side of this. Yeah, no, I understand, but I'm not saying I'm gonna do drunken master stuff. Great, yeah, great. Yeah. Certainly, I wouldn't announce that publicly if I were. Well, that's <laughs> they could well be listening, and then they'd know. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm just what I am. I'm willing <clears throat> and happy to announce. Yes, is that. It's going to be a bit un- unpredictable, like a drunken kung fu style. Yeah, and that being unpredictable is one of the few things that you can announce in advance. Yeah, and it doesn't really give anything away because by its very nature, by its very nature, mm. uh, you won't be able to predict it. Exactly, exactly. To be, and it's going to be truly unpredictable. Mm. Like, like I am going to be having <clears throat> to do some quantum stuff. Yeah, I, I suspected that may well be the case. Yeah, and you m- moving between sort of uh, very low energy states. <laughs> <laughs> no one was going to predict that I was going to do that whilst eating a sandwich. Quantum, quantum, and of course, um, lunch based. Mm. Anyway, we've given it away now. You're fucked. Well, and you're going to have to come up with something else. <sighs> <laughs> is a one-man freedom of, of navigation exercise in the South China Sea. You know, people are always mm. swimming the English Channel. Yeah. Which I believe at the time of the, you know, the Hundred Years' War um, would have been a very a very sort of bold political statement, and now it's really quite prosaic. Everybody's doing it. But, um, to you know, to get out there and, and, and do, as you say, uh, this, this exercise... Uh, could shake things up a little. Good thing is it does give the government uh, plausible deniability, you know. You could even be an agent for our government. Yeah. But as long as you're just there, you're nude, mm. so there's nothing well, the, they can tie you back to the Australian government. Exa- that would be perfect. Yeah. Um, although they do use a lot of face recognition technology. Sure. And but you have one of those faces. That's true. That's and true. I imagine after you get out, out of the water, mm. it might be quite sort of bloated. Well, that's true. Mm. Especially, yeah, I'll, I'll probably have to be there out there quite a while before quite, I, quite I get intercepted by a boat. And also, I don't believe that there's necessarily a sort of a clearly defined sort of across mm. sense of the South China Sea. Yeah. Not in the same way that there is with the English Channel. Or like a circle, mm. you know. it's. I mean, I could just still just... If I can, I'll try swimming in a straight line. Yeah. You know? Uh, I do know that there's sort of natural ways in which we just kind of start mm. to curl around a little mm. bit. Um, but, you know, uh, I I feel like maybe yeah. this is just a good way of the government, if yes. they could at least be spying on me, maybe mm. using satellites, our government. Yep. Um, you know, like the Russians tend to do a lot of flybys. Mm. You know, they go to Alaska, they'll fly mm. out there, they'll get some US jets to come and intercept yeah, them so no, that they yeah, can exactly. test exactly. reaction yeah, yeah, times yeah, and things yeah. like that. And I think this will be, I think I could be valuable to my country. I think it could also be a really good way to impress girls, you mm. know? like Both while you're doing it and after. Well, a lo- exactly. 
you know, <laughs> a lot of <coughs> a lot of individuals try and um, you know prove themselves mm. uh, physically. Yeah. You know, a lot of individuals try and prove themselves mentally, and yeah. you know, in terms of career and money and all these status symbols. But a lot, very few people take a, st- a strong individual military stance. Yeah, and I think they could really be like you know a good a good defining mm. feature. Oh man, absolutely! And mm. I think that if a if a, sh- a Chinese ship does pick me up at some mm. point, mm. Um, that if they do allow women in the military, yes, uh, that a lot of the women on that. Ship, they'd really they could quite they could, could really be quite dig Im- that impressed. Um, but I want you to know that I'm not using that getting p- other people impressed to sort of try to ha- like get romantic with them or anything like that. Because I think once you've impressed someone, mm. you're now in a position of power mm. over them. Mm. They're essentially at your mercy, especially when they're impressed by an act of such uh, bravery. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Braveness, sure. Uh, you know, somebody who has so much command over their body, mm-hmm. over the at the least, high seas, over the high seas, at least yeah. one of the elements, water, yes, water, and salt. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> um, and I would never, you know, apart, especially because I also am in a loving relationship. Sure, but also knowing that I would never take advantage of any of the women or the men. Mm. Or, you know, the ship itself. I suspect that you could, um, coming out of this, you'd be in such a strong mm. sort of um, negotiating position. Yeah. And uh, you'd probably be respected so much by the Chinese people that you could um, you could probably drive some pretty strong trade deals and that sort of thing. Whatever, you know, whatever you want, you could then take that to the negotiating table and then use that in like some sort of, I don't know if you're buying some stuff off at Alibaba or whatever, you might mm. be able to use that to then... Negotiate down the price of your, you know, thirteen cubic meters of acoustic foam or whatever it is that you're buying. I, if I, if I could get use this to meet Jack Ma. Yeah. Yeah, I think in the end that's kind of why I'm doing it, is I want to meet Jack Ma. I don't know who that is, but I support you 110. percent Well, he recently said that he's going to be retiring soon from being the CEO and creator of Alibaba. Really? Yeah. He'd have so much money, wouldn't he? But it would be great to pick up stuff while I'm in China. Maybe mm. if I'm not in prison. Yeah. Um, like duty-free stuff. And if I don't disappear, yeah. pick up some stuff that I have ordered mm-hmm. uh, to save on the postal costs <laughs> before I hopefully get extradited back. Alistair, I took, um, I'm not going to lie, a lot of uh, over-the-counter medication before we started this podcast to try and control this cough. Yeah. And it is kicking in, baby. Yeah? Yeah, I'm feeling a whole lot of lightness around the chest region. Yeah, and just sort of a a kind of a drive. No, well, that's That's, good. I mean, it could be be a repeat of our our paint fumes episode. It could be. We could be riding the fume kazoo all over again. Well, Andy, we already have one. We're already one sketch down, and we've oh, only been talking for about thirty-five minutes. So. <laughs> what a sketch! We're talking for thirty-five minutes on a single topic. I mean, here's another topic. But, but I think one guy versus one point four billion, and yeah. you know, the stand, everything like that. And I like those odds. And you've got to root for an underdog. And I think if we made this sketch, I think it would might even like not only would the act itself of swimming impress 
people. Mm. But I think even the sketch would probably impress the higher ups in the Chinese dynasty, and uh, right, you know, and maybe the, we could get some of that state sponsored comedy money. There's got to be at least a little bit. I'm very willing to be the official sketch group of the of People's Republic Party. of China. Yeah, communist, uh, whatever they're called. I think that they're a great country, and I would absolutely be willing to work for them. And uh, I don't really have a strong position on any uh, <laughs> major territorial disputes or anything and, like that. And, uh, you had a Taiwanese uh, girlfriend. You're not. You know, not together anymore. Not, so you're you're a free agent in I'm, that regard. I'm now a free agent, and uh, and I know a few. And I was best friends with the Dalai Lama, mm. but he has not been replying to my calls. Well, I know, but you should have said that you were the one who broke it off. Oh, I I I but I uh, I broke it off. Yeah, great. Sorry, you had a sketch idea. No, I didn't have a sketch idea, but I had. Uh, I just said I love a cautionary tale. Mm. I was given a book of cautionary tales when you uh, were young. Uh, uh, when when I was young, by my my grandfather, and they were quite funny, and uh, but uh, I think they're really more precautionary tales, because a cautionary tale would presumably be one just told in the moment, right, to somebody who is currently mm. undergoing, uh, I don't know, being eaten by a lion That's or true. crushed by a lion or, <laughs> oh man, the person who wrote that book. Mm. Would feel stupid unless that's kind of how he intended it to be read, in the moment. So more as a commentary, you know. A, a yeah, like commentary. as a as a sort of an alternative to a inner monologue. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it'd be great if all uh, if commentary was in some way pre written, which it is indeed in the Big Book of God. BBOG. I mean, do you think that is that something that's a bit confusing when you listen to an an audio book that it's like. It's like you've got the wrong inner monologue, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because isn't your you know the voice in your head just an audio book that that doesn't have a very good structure? <laughs> Not a very good structure mm. at all. Um, but self indulgent. Mm, huge blank sections, and yeah. uh, sometimes it just repeats the lyrics of a song over and over again. Quite a, abstract in many ways. I would not like to do audiobooks because I think it'd be fucking hard. Some people do them, like Stephen Fry did the Harry Potter ones, and I think he was doing all different voices and stuff for different characters. Really? I could just never remember which voices went with which character, and I imagine that whatever Harry Potter Corporation, they don't have someone to remind you of that kind of thing. They just I, put him in a room and open the door 18 hours later and hope that he's, he's it, done it right. It feels like it must take so long. So long, but I guess your production costs are minimal. Yeah, I mean, you got to pay for Stephen Fry. Sure, yeah. You know, he doesn't look like he comes cheap. No? He looks like he'd be a real grumpy dude, too. Yeah, I think you've got to make a few, do things very much on his terms. Yeah. But I mean, he's lovely, he's a national treasure. Absolutely. Would you be a national treasure? Oh, they'd have to ask me very nicely. I think there's a lot of pressure as well, though, National Treasure, mm. because anything then that comes up about you, you know, that you've done, yeah, really, like, it's there's so much scrutiny that comes with being a National Treasure as well. So, like all treasure, people want to look at it. Sure. Okay, and so he 
like, I mean, he did a lot of his fucking up early on, I think. Mm. You know, I think he was addicted to cocaine for a long mm. time. Which I, th- I think that's probably all a great move as well, I suppose. Then you've got a mm. journey, don't you? You've got something to come back from. Yeah. I think if Chopper Reed had stuck around, maybe he could have made it to national treasure status. Mm. I mean, some people, I think, would consider him already na- national treasure. And I think maybe the fact that he died helps him mm. in that, you know, because now he there's really he really can't fuck up. And now he, like treasure, is in a wooden box. That's right. Like much treasure. And buried, probably. Yes. Or burnt. Could we steal the national treasure of mm. another country? Yeah, right. Well, there's, a, there's, a, the, there's the interesting uh, thing because there's a Nick Cage film. Is that called National Treasure? There is. That is a very interesting thing else. Yeah, there. but could I mean, like, angle on but, this. but could it... Could it be that, you know, it's like it's National Treasure, mm. which is a film I haven't seen, mm. but I assume that they don't go and dig up a person that the country really liked. Not not exactly, no, indeed. Yes, it's more of a pun title on that idea. But but there is also National Treasure, which would be the, tra- tra- the treasure of the nation. Yeah, indeed, and that, I think that's what they're actually looking for in the movie, yes. But unless... The man himself that Nick Cage plays. Yes. Does the country love him as some kind of national treasure? I think they probably do once he gets the treasure. (laughs) But is there anyone in this country that we love because he has found treasure? Mm, I mean, Paul Keating uh, uh, floated the dollar, uh, (laughs) which led to a sustained period of growth throughout the 90s and early 2000s. It was his macroeconomic reforms that led to a sort of a... Uh, long period of growth that and we we're all have... benefiting from to this day, much like treasure. Like, yeah, I guess that's that's a pretty good answer. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I read the first page of his or biography yesterday. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And does he refer to himself as a national Are we treasure? talking more garbage than <laughs> usual today? <coughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's less focused. <laughs> um, but... Look, this is where I was thinking. What I was thinking. Yes, Alistair. So the people who find treasure these days, Mm. rather Mm. than just being pirates, which Mm. is, you know, I don't even know what funding model pirates had. Was it like how did they did they go out there, really like hoping that they came? Like, what was the budget for being a pirate ship? Absolutely, I think it would have been very much boom and bust. You know, it's very subsistence. You know, you're living, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Because, like, how? Because how? Okay, how much stuff are you putting on your ship when you're when you're deciding? You go, all right, what are we going for? Three months. Yeah. And we're hoping to inter, in like cross with Paths other with another boat with on another this boat open ocean on the open ocean and hope that they've got lots of stuff that mm-hmm. we can take. Yeah. And then maybe we can eat the people on the other boat. You know, <laughs> maybe we can eat the boat. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, Fingers like, crossed. I mean, the crossover of things that float and things that are edible is not a lot, but <laughs> really, <laughs> but if we could just find a way to be able to eat wood. It, well, <laughs> I mean, look, that would be great. But, I mean, a carrot, does that float? No? You, okay, a carrot may float. But also things don't have to be able to float, do they, in order to... No. To, 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 to make a boat? No, no, as long as they're in you the just boat. Make, you make a shell out of them, right? Because the boat just has to remain hollow. So That's then right. really all you need is something that doesn't absorb water. But there's very few things, Alistair, that don't absorb water Half. that you can eat. I think water solubility yeah. in one form or another yeah. is almost a, a prerequisite <laughs> of, of the edibility s- scale. Water solubility and porousness. 
Exactly. Well, like a block of cheese, maybe. Maybe a block of cheese that, that does it's, absorb it's, water it's eventually. Feels like it's gonna get pretty spongy. Yeah. Yeah. A carrot, like a but a carrot in cold water. Could be. Yeah. Could be a carrot in cold water. I mean, I think a carrot is probably the closest we're gonna get. But then we're talking. How are you structuring this ship? Make it out of carrots. But then it's also it's wait, gonna, wait, 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 wait. It's gonna <laughs> rot. Oh wait, so you're talking about making a ship out of food? Isn't that what you were talking about? No, 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 no. I was talking about the the economics of of pirate ships, and then you go out. I was just saying, you know, look. To be honest, that was a throwaway s- silliness. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you really wanted to make a boat out of food, I guess you could maybe half a capsicum. Yep. <laughs> yeah, or red pepper for the American uh, American audience. You're right. Yeah. It's almost there. Or you could just make and then wax the exterior. I think Alistair. Yeah. You've done it. You've cracked it. Or, or instead, you know, instead of making a whole boat, you just have one capsicum in ha- into two. Yes. Put Catamaran. It under, put it under your feet. Yes. <laughs> you just got you got water shoes. It's got to work. Well, yeah. As according to my understanding, just wear a little a little uh, skull and crossbones cape. Now you're mm-hmm. a pirate ship, mm-hmm. and you've lowered your costs. And now you don't have to wait to encounter another ship. Yes. You, you've yourself <laughs> made a ship that is edible. And so this and is like one of those wallets that only for By the extent to which you've lowered cards. your costs probably means that you don't need to raid as many ships in order to recoup those costs. Exactly. Right? Really, in order to recoup those costs, you only need to raid a ship that's carrying 2 or $3 <laughs> in or, capsicum money. Or just come across $3 floating <laughs> on top of the water. Sure. Or you could probably get just get a seabird, you know, some kind of seabird, take it back in to your local, you know, your local um, taxidermist. You could <laughs> get, get that taxidermist. <laughs> get it really? The riches that are, that are going to pay dividends in the long term are going to be the stories you tell, you know? You get back to shore, you write a memoir. Yeah, that's true. Six months at sea, a pair of capsicums. That's the real treasure. <laughs> that's the real treasure. Oh, I'm not well. No, that's okay. I'm not well. So, so what this is about is... I'm so sorry, everybody. It's okay. What this is about is, Andy, we don't have time to, to linger on start, how sorry yeah, you are. Yeah, okay, right. We, we, okay, what this is really about, right, is a, a, a pirate... A group of pirates at sea, right, trying to work out what the real treasure is. <laughs> but <laughs> is it the friendships? Is it the stories? I'd love to see piece to camera interviews with pirates, sort of talking in quite a heartfelt way about their sure what they really gained from from their time in the high seas. You know, because I guess you sure it's the friendships. Uh, that you you know the people that you meet because you go through quite intense experiences, but also imagine a a real appreciation for the people at home, you know, and coming home that kind of thing. Is... Mm. Yeah, absolutely. When you come home to your and that's the real treasure. Yeah, the guy who you steal scabbards off of. <laughs> <laughs> when you say that he's someone that you come home to, <laughs> you, care, you care about, you know, because I assume a lot of these people are not. Attached to families and things like that. It's amazing that you're stealing scabbards. Yeah. Well, you know, a gun shop would be one of the best places to steal from because you get such good stuff that helps you steal more. That's right. You've got to steal money to 
Uh, <laughs> no, you're gonna steal. You're gonna steal guns to make money. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know what a scabbard is, do you? No, you don't. It's like a knife. It's the like thing that big... goes over a knife. Is it? Yeah. I thought there was a type of. No, the scabbard is what you you stick your knife into. Oh. It's like a knife cozy. Is it? You know? Is that what like the with a teacup, teapot, mm. right? But not knitted, right? And not to protect you from heat, but to protect you from sharp. Yeah. Boy, what's it made out of, do you say? Something hard. Yeah, yeah, something hard. Yeah. Okay, I just thought a scabbard was like a like a uh like a scimitar? No, no, no. it's not like a scimitar. <laughs> it's not like a saber. No, it's not like a saber? No. But what's like a big like a big wide blade, like very thick bladed broadsword. No, no, not like a broadsword because that's more like of a medieval sword that is, you know, it's cutlass. still just that's like a dark, You're thinking that, of a cutlass. This is kind of like am I thinking of a cutlass? I think this one, this this the one I'm thinking of cuts. No, no, this is this is the, the cutlass. The, the the name is a trick, uh, so that when you're yelling to somebody uh, in on your team, yeah. right? You're there and you got your teams. Yeah, uh, you're you're fighting on your boat, right? Mm-hmm. You're on your team. You got your mate over there. He's also on your team. And you say, "Throw me a cutlass," yeah. right? The opposing team. Yeah. Hearing that will think he's just called for something that doesn't cut. Like a blunt instrument. A blunt instrument. <laughs> and so they prepare themselves mentally. He's probably going to su- throw them like one of those sticks that blind people use. Yeah. <laughs> Famously blunt. And so, <coughs> and so they all they all drift off, yeah. you know, take, take well, a mental break. Exactly. Or they, yeah, they, exactly, they tune out just for that crucial second and then you are with your pointy yeah. cut full. Cut really. full. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cut-tacular. It's, yeah, it's the... It's the um, Cut-erific, really. Yeah, cut-automatic. Yeah. It cuts it, cuts it automatic. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't even stop cutting. Well, I, I'm sure if it was up to it. Do you think this is like a, there's like a thing that you could make that would be so, sh- so sharp that you could just drop it from like shoulder height mm. and it would just go right through the earth all the way through to the other side just because it's just that sharp? Well, I guess that's a neutrino. Do people think of neutrinos as being sharp? Because this this could be a Alistair, this could be a Nobel Prize. Yeah. I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna say too much and I don't wanna go into the idea too so much it's not because the, I don't wanna give anything away. So with neutrinos it's not the energy, it's just about how sharp. That could be they real are. sharp. Yeah. We've like, never seen anything so pointy. It's, have they, cause have they have they looked into that? It's like hot it's like make, make like earth is like hot butter. Yeah. They're saying it's like that liquid. it's liquid. They're saying that it's weightless and it doesn't interact with anything. It's probably just super probably sharp. Probably just super sharp, real sharp. Well, they didn't think about that, that, that there could be sharp particles. Exactly. A lot of them, what they don't realize is that uh, electrons and uh, protons, mm. protons is the bluntest of the subatomic particles. The... Maybe the neutron. No, you're right. Yeah. I reckon, oh, yeah, no, the proton. Yeah, absolutely. So it's blunt, and that's why it seems like it comes, like you know, doesn't go through things. Mm. You know, that's why. But, but really, that's why. Like when you get gamma radiation, yes, you know, and there's protons going through you, uh-huh. it has a real impact on you. You know, that's like gamma. You know, so all the other sharp. types. Yeah, beta, alpha radiation, those kind of things. You can get that through you all day long. You don't even care. It just sort of hits you, bounces just, off, might leave some bruising. It, it just goes right through. I'm pretty sure. Alpha. Alpha. No, 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 no. Like. Alistair, yeah. you're talking yourself in circles. You're not making any sense. No, no, no. But then gamma you're comes blunt in. Blunt things, blunt things don't go through. Sharp things do go through. Gamma, no, gamma goes ga- through. Alpha doesn't go through. Yeah, no. Alpha doesn't have good penetrating power. Oh yeah, but that's, but that's, 
That's just because it's low energy. And it's blunt. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, gamma goes through. Yes. But that's just because it's a, it's a high energy blunt instrument. Yes. <laughs> like, a, like a spear with no, with no knife on top. Wait, no, gamma's not blunt. No, gamma's I'm saying sharp. gamma's blunt because it's, it's got protons. Gamma doesn't have protons. Gamma is a photon. Is it? Yes. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Oh, God, I would like to apologize to the, no- the Nobel. When I'm submitting this for my Nobel thing for speculation, the Nobel Prize for speculation, um, and obviously this will be my documentary evidence, to, to, so I'd like to apologize for that part of the riff. Um, Alistair's obviously not included in the application for the Nobel Prize. Well, the sharpness. I'll, I'll still help you um, format the whole document. Thanks, that'd be great. <laughs> But I just won't be involved in con- in any of the content. Oh, when I get up and give my acceptance speech, it's going to be great. Well, I tell you what, uh, Alistair, if there had been a Nobel Prize for formatting, you would have you would have got that. And uh, of course, my wife, if there was a Nobel Prize for for uh, being a wife, being supportive, endless support, um, and endless also that uh, you'd get that. And um, obviously, the talk the, about uh, your children. Now, my children, if there was a Nobel Prize for. Um, uh, being little scamps, obviously they'd they'd get that, and they think Dad's a big old goofball. Uh, and, and talk about your parents. Um, if there was a if there oh, if there was a um, a Fields Medal for uh, for uh, being there for me, inspiring my uh, cu- curiosity and my love of uh, um, learning, lifelong love mm. of learning, then they would have they would have got that as well. Talk about lifelong learning. If there was a, uh, I'm going to say a Booker Prize, a man Booker Prize for uh, things that represent the innate curiosity of the child yet harnessed by the thirst for detail of the adult, uh, it would absolutely go to lifelong learning, yes. Talk about the child. If the child, the es- if, if there was if there was a... Uh, uh, a bronze swimming certificate uh, for being the core of uh, innocence and the emblem of the potential that man has uh, at the very outset and that exists in all of us and is, that we should harness and, and love and nurture and cherish, uh, then I would absolutely give that to the child. Talk about me! <laughs> um, <laughs> If there was uh, just one person that I'd like to ask security to remove from the venue, um, uh, it, it would absolutely no no question, sir, um, uh, be be you, yes. So yeah, I don't know if there's anything that sharp. Mm, it's, no. a, it's a neutrino, I guess. Probably not gamma radiation. Um, um, is 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 what about what about right? Yeah. Someone receiving a Nobel Prize. Yeah. Right? But they're just such a bad winner. They're just so bitter and angry about everyone else's, you know, success. Yeah. You know, and they, they you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, they, and they criticise everyone else's discoveries. Oh, no. You know, like going back to, you know, obviously um, uh, working at MIT... Uh, I had the um, oh, not an Australian again. Yeah, had the privilege of working with um, uh, the Blackwell uh, team, and 
Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing that they were able to do what they did and get a Nobel Prize for discovering um, T cells, which, uh, let's be honest, were just there the whole time. And uh, is this anything? <laughs> Maybe. Like, I mean, he's just a, he's not he's an unhappy man. Yeah, he's... yeah. No, you're right. That's not, it's not 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 much, is it? An unhappy man? <laughs> I mean, he's an unhappy oh. bitter man. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I think I think look, Andy. I think it's the kind of thing that there's maybe a like a oh. twelve season television program. Hello. Yes. You know, the unhappy man in academia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could absolutely do a Silicon Valley style thing in academia. I'm sure, couldn't you? Like with the people and their their pettiness and their like fighting for funding and different research teams, that sort of thing. It'd be mostly exactly uh, Silicon Valley, but without the money. Well, we and maybe we could get. I hear um and out, without the zeitgeist, obviously. When what's his name there? The guy who was who ran T J uh, Miller. Yeah, maybe I hear T J Miller's available. Right, now. I've been seeing his name trending a lot recently. <laughs> There's a lot of heat around that guy. Yeah, I think he's going to be in Sydney too. That'll be a great opportunity. Great, maybe we could catch up with him, not talk about recent events, and sign him up to a oh, six season contract. <laughs> Speculative, but yes. we could just give him some money. Sure. Um, just so that everybody who doesn't know who we're talking about. Anyway, this guy was a uh, a bad dude. He's a bad dude. Yeah. Um, all right, Andy. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, like you know, like like in in books where like people, you know, like these kind of like they're not utopias, but they're like they're just other universes mm. where sometimes mm. people ride on like the backs of dinosaurs as a mode of transport. Yeah. Um, and then maybe sharks. Do you think that could work with sharks? <laughs> Look, I think a series of children's books lavishly illustrated called Sharktopia. Shark taxis? Shark taxi. (laughs) I think in which the second, I mean, maybe if you're lucky, the third page. Mm. Of every every book, the killings start. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like and obviously lushly rendered this beautiful mm. photorealistic drawing <laughs> Absolutely. style. Yeah, kids. Push. It's like yeah, yeah, and and I and I and what it could be about, and not <laughs> not a very like not like a very sort of veiled metaphor, but it could just be about the actual not very ta- veiled taxi me- about the taxi industry. By the way, we saw Jack Drews on the street. And I uh, just wanted to say hi. And Sam Campbell, hey to you guys. Nice to see you before we got to the podcast. So, and then maybe like, you know. <laughs> what a great aside. Yeah. And then so, so this is, a, you know, you're just hanging out with this guy. Um, let's call her Melanie. Yeah. There you go. And uh, Melanie, she's been a taxi driver for the last 55 years. Yes. She's 67. Okay. She started when she was 12. <laughs> okay. That's when her dad... It was a different time. Her dad gave her her first shark. Oh, wow. Yeah. And <laughs> and she's, you know, she's bitter. She's mm. bitter like a taxi driver gets. Yeah, but imagine, I mean, the one thing the taxi driver doesn't have to fight against is, is the taxi. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Your yeah. standard... This reality, yeah, your yeah. and my reality that we take for granted, I think I'm beginning to realise. Uh, we do. We don't. We the, the taxi driver 
can, at the end of the day, ultimately, I believe, most of the time, trust the taxi not to eat them. Sure. It's everyone yeah. else that they can't trust. Whereas if you throw into that the possibility that the the taxi could get hungry and... Yeah, and I want to make clear here that one thing that this society, that isn't an amphibious society, yeah, right, but the humans can't breathe underwater. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to keep coming up every about 25 seconds. Yeah, and a lot of times the sharks, they don't want to do they that. They don't want to do that, so you really got to fight. <laughs> because they are wild animals. Yeah, and <laughs> the society forbids you to break them. You're not allowed to, like, mentally break well, them. Well, we respect the... The spirit. Because everybody's a vegan. Spirit of the, yeah. It's just an interesting world in which we never domesticated the, sh- the, the horse. Yeah. You know? That's right. But we just created a s- series of creeks that go yep. around our society. Mm-hmm. And they're creeks because they're, they're only about four foot. T- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Deep. So the shark can't go down too far. He can't go too far, and that's how. Which he... makes them real angry. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 also does create a lot of blockages. Mm. And then there's a lot of shark on shark violence. <laughs> this is yeah. Insane. And so, but it's like it's like a sort of Venice kind of scenario. Yeah. But instead of menace, I'm going to call it. Oh, Andy. But it's spelled M E N I C E. There you yeah. go. And uh, but instead of like nice kind of um, you know concrete mm. you know stone kind of mm. it's very swampy, isn't it? It's yeah. I think it, there's a lot of like just kind of like uh, dirt that that's very easy to erode, and then it just goes down, yeah. and then and then the roads kind of start about two meters <laughs> off that. What a great detail. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. Just, it's just showing, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, roads that kind of get mm. washed away when there's a lot of rain. What do you see as a production budget for this eh? sketch? This sketch. What do you see? What do you, if you were to ballpark me? Well, Andy, I, you couldn't put a, a dollar figure on it. Great. Because, oh, that's a huge relief. Yeah. Because um, I, would, I would film it in Japan. In, so it would be in yen. <laughs> in yen. Yeah. Right. And then you can't, it's untranslatable. Yeah, you can't. I think it would be rude. To just say it in dollars. Um, um, okay. Yeah. And do you think that was? Is this a children's book series? Did you? Did oh, we... absolutely! It's a children's book mm, series. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. And because I think there's not enough conflict in kids' books. Yes. Yes. And so, so having something and like kids do learn about dying early on. They kind of see it in movies and things like that. But not on the second page. That's right. Yeah. And and I th- oh, you always think well, they could learn about it earlier. Now, I like that I like to think personally that the books while still being mm. you know, your standard child's book length are, you know, sixteen to thirty pages mm. are um uh by the third page everyone has been dismembered. Sure. And the subsequent pages are just just mm. photos of 
of floating <laughs> limbs. Limbs and sort of organs and things Drawing, like that. Drawings, not photos. Well, that'd, it could be about the be guy, disturbing. maybe the first, the first book in the mm. series could be about the guy who's trying to um, stop congestion. Yep. So in the kind of like in, in Creekland, Vent Creekus. Yep. Um, and so he starts to dig the trenches, you know, like where the creeks are, mm. and they just go 500 meters down. So each one of those is like is like one of those diving pools. Yeah, sure. Right, that goes so far down so that cars can uh, – like, sorry, sharks can just go under each other if one yes. breaks down or whatever. One loses the will to continue or, one, or a driver is just wrestling with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, just to try to get control yeah, back. Or, yeah, um, You know, or, or it's his fa- – or if they're just arguing with their fare. I, what I also like about this is that there's no hierarchy – Mm. It feels like so much of humanity's control of the natural world mm. has been one of subjugation, yeah. you know, and of controlling the, uh, the other species and shaping the environment to our advantage. Mm. What if we'd still done all the shaping of the environment, yeah. but none of it was to our advantage? Well, I mean, that's quite an interesting question because then you've just made me realize that actually none of these taxis actually pick up any people okay right the thing is is that both the shark and the person take turns being attacked <laughs> right you haven't you haven't tamed the shark but the shark also hasn't tamed you oh that's a relief you see and you both retain your natural free will yeah and you, the shark takes you where you want to go when it involves going somewhere in water mm-hmm and the, when you, the shark and needs, needs to, to get some on land. land, you take it there. Yeah, and I guess, you know, and like current taxi rules, it's illegal to refuse a fare. That's right. So wherever that shark wants to go, well, you when, can't ask any questions. Well, when you're 12, you're bonded with your shark, right? right? And so you, you, your backs are fused together. <laughs> yep. Right? And so you're always now I'm of, Now I'm interested in this world, Alistair. Yeah. <laughs> There's no sh- no taxi arrangement. It's not even necessarily any canals. But it's still called canals. shark taxi. It's called still called shark taxi. Well, because there's a form of taxi dermy in a way there as well, which is a yeah. little interesting little nod you've got there. Yeah. Right. But what it is is we discovered that it's. I think this takes place at some point in the future, mm-hmm. in which we've discovered that it was that humans had become too powerful. Oh, that's good. Had too much control over the yep. environment and were um, mocking hmm. the, uh, you know, we, we thought ourselves superior well, yeah, to and, the natural and, world. And that power also led us to help start destroying the environment. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And also people were getting, still, when swimming, eaten by sharks. But I actually reckon if you had that shark was glued to your back, mm. you're actually much less likely to be eaten that's by right. that shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just... More likely to be present when the shark is eating something else. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But then that's a, that's an interesting perspective. Exactly. That reminds you how brutal uh, the environment can be. That's right, and you can't see forward because your sort of your your back is is sewn on or fused to its back. So you're kind of just seeing blood float in, and you <laughs> and you can tell from the sh- from the shaking of the body that the it's probably thrashing, got a wild thrash, thrashing. That it probably has something in its jaws, and mm. then. You know, and you and you probably start developing another sense, much like you know that shark's electrical sense. Mm. You could sort of maybe you could even feel it, like in 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 how it, 
the shark starts getting excited that it's sensing something, which mm. means that you're starting to sense, uh, mm. you know, these things. You know, crabs under sand or whatever. Yeah, whatever that may be. <laughs> you know, and and I think, yeah, I think, anyway, if anybody knows the the publisher who did um, where, where is the Green Sheep? Where is the Green Sheep? Yeah, probably Puffin. Puffin? Yeah. And then yeah. Well, we're ready to do Shark Taxi. Great. <laughs> You gonna write that down? I've already had. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Andy, sorry. That was. Uh... I mean, when you're onto something like that, you don't waste any time writing down sh- the words "shark taxi" to describe that particular sketch. Mm. And I think the name really does capture it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> if anything, you'd read the name and be like, "Yeah, I feel like I've seen this." Well, I mean, it could just be a show like Seinfeld, mm-hmm. but it's just it's just set in this world. Yeah, I mean, and and people said it's almost a cliche now, Alistair, to say that Seinfeld was the show about nothing. Yeah. Um, and you could make the sa- say the same thing I think about this show, Shark mm. Taxi. Uh, that Shark Taxi is the show about nothing except for a world in which people are sewn uh, to the backs of sharks. Yeah. And then other than that, it's really more about sort of the minutiae of that life. Well, because I think no matter what, no matter what, sta- this, is, this is what the, sta- the, the statement is of this whole thing, is, is that no matter who you are, no matter what you're like, you know, life is still just life. Yeah. You know? It's still... You know what? I have a feeling that Shark Taxi might be one of the few shows <laughs> that teaches us not that. I think there's a chance, Alistair, that after watching two or three seasons mm. uh, of Shark Taxi, you know, you'd start to say, you know what, things could be very different. <coughs> yeah. And some of the choices that we've made and individuals make, like sewing themselves to the backs of sharks, do, do lead them down very different paths mm, maybe. To, to, to lives that are almost unrecognisable. Um, to you and me. I know, but you could use the same set as Seinfeld. It's it's definitely true that the sitcom as a form has been done to mm. death. It's boring. And sure. whatever it is, wherever you choose to set your thing, is it in a police station? Is it in a lawyer's office? Is it is an apartment with friends? It's very similar. To, it's all been done. Right, but a guy who, when he goes home, he lays down... In his bath with the shark underneath him, mm. and he turns on the tap so that, they, that it can slip sleep as well. Yeah, right. But it's got to keep moving. Yeah, sure. It's a big bath. It's a big, it's a big but it just kind of keeps moving a bit. Mm. You you find that if you if you move the water, mm. then that works as well. You don't actually the shark doesn't have to actually move that much. If you do, you think you could have a show, mm. right? Where uh, it's it's a it's a quiz show. Right. Okay. But you just describe so 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 you describe say a physical environment or you describe a house. Okay. Right? You describe the design of the house. Yeah. And what the contestants have to do is guess what the nature of the universe is that that house exists in. <clears throat> so hmm. you could, you know, you you you, you take, take us through maybe show us some models of the house and you know one of them is that the bath is a big circular sort of ring with running water in it. Right? Sure. And uh, another one is that the... <laughs> so 
Okay, so like, and let's then, say... And then, the, and then <clears throat> it's up to the, the panellists to <clears throat> buzz in when they think they know what the universe is. Okay. And the answer, of course, okay, wait, wait, as wait. you and I know, is people are so into the backs well, of sharks. Let me, let me try. Let me try this out on you. Okay, great. Okay. So it's a, it's a big house. Great. And the, the, the door is huge. It's like three meters up and three okay. meters wide, and it's an automatic on the, on the, on the house. Okay. Okay. Um, when you go in, oh, yeah, and there's a little... And I guess the more information you give me, by the way, yeah. uh, the less points are okay, available. Great. So if I'd already buzzed in now, I could have got 50 points, but yeah, these great. are ticking down as you describe now, the... As you walk in... You notice that there's like a just kind of like the show. By the way, is called Jesus Christ. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Okay. And so as you go in, instead of just like flat floor, yeah. it's there's kind of a s- series of grooves in the ground, but it it looks like a little it looks like a little trench, but it kind of like you know like like a train track kind of trench. Yeah. And it goes into the different rooms and it breaks off. Like Buzz. This. Yeah. All right. Is this your universe in which, uh, as we described in a previous podcast, everyone? travels around in a wheel or that is made of them like clinging to other people no but you're you're not close but you've it feels like you've come one step closer okay all right and then uh, I'm still in the game or maybe one of the other you're contestants. still in the game i'll be one of the other contestants okay. now who hasn't busted. now once you go to the bathroom mm. right uh, you follow your little groove to there there's a big round platform that you roll onto and then there's a big sort of circle with a with a, a raised area in the middle of the circle and there's a tap a shower this is underneath the shower head yeah and you turn on the shower head and like a sugar kind of <laughs> coating like a pink color comes off okay people are donuts that's exactly what this universe is, where people yeah, are donuts. It's inhabited by donuts. Yeah, yeah. and they roll around. And yeah, <laughs> okay, and they frost themselves. They frost themselves when they get home. To get yeah. clean. That's instead of getting yeah, clean. A fresh, fr- a fresh coat of frosting. Yeah. So I guess that works. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that show, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going <laughs> on here? <laughs> or maybe, Alistair, this could just be a game that takes place in our, in our, in our, game, our panel show. Mm-hmm. Called yep. whatever that's called. It's called what? Um, or it's called panel show? Uh, it's going to be called... Challenge. Re- proper quiz show. Proper quiz show. No, I don't know. We'll, we'll find a name. Yeah. Quiz fuck. Quiz fuck. Yeah. Um, que- questions with a Z. <laughs> that's really good because that shows that we're a little bit different. Yeah. 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 Z U E S T I O N S. Questions. I don't know if it's pronounced questions. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that uh, that game. Um, and it is, it's, it's, because that would, that is, this is what would happen when you arrive in a parallel dimension. You don't know what the nature of the parallel That's dimension right. is. You, it's, a very, you go, it's a very realistic game. You've got to figure it out fast. Yes. And you don't know when changing dimensions is going to be a thing that just starts happening. It could happen at any time. Because, you know, preppers, preppers, these people who are prepping... Yes. You know, they're always prepping for the, the world to mm. getting destroyed. But that's just one scenario, mm. right? Another one is the walls of reality come tumbling down. <laughs> that's right. 
we randomly slip between an infinite number of possible worlds. Possible uh, realities. Are you prepping for that? Oh, you, you're not ready. You don't. All you've you got. You're gonna need a few more bottles of water, I reckon, mate. All you've got is cans and cans of champignons. <laughs> yeah, champignons. <laughs> Um, I I think the idea of different kinds of preppers yeah is a funny thing yeah I think I think absolutely well because because also there is a, the kind of prepper who would prep for just a world in which there's a global shortage of champignon you know <laughs> look that is true um and what is a what is a collector right but a person who is prepping for a world in which Anyone gives a fuck about their collection. That's right. You know, you've got bottle yeah. caps. You've got all the bottle caps. Mm-hmm. You've got. You're a prepper. You've got all the signatures of the people who mm. were in a movie. Yeah, who knows? At any moment, we the world could become a place unrecognizable to you and I here today, in which people give a shit about this. In many ways, we're lucky that we have love for things because or else it would be just prepping for yes tomorrow that's right the hope that we become important in some way Mm. Mm. what about people who prep for just the idea that everyone grows like a a, about a a foot and a half taller or (laughs) i like that I've got a whole lot of really extra long pants made. He carries, he carries like, um, sort of paint cans. Like, you know, there's two paint cans mm. that he's removed the lid off of. Yes. He's got those lids in his, in his jacket pockets. Yes. Right? And he's got the, the sort of hollowed out cans. He wears them under his pant legs. Yes. Like that. So he just looks like he's wearing flares. Okay. Like that. And, and in, the, in the back pocket of his pants, he's got some string. Yes. Right, and then if if once everybody grows a foot, he assembles that paint, puts the lids on the paint cans, puts those strings on top of the stilts. Yeah, and he's made little stilts, and he's a foot higher as well. So he hasn't grown. This is a world in which everyone else gets has a growth spurt. Yeah, but he doesn't. Oh yeah, (coughs) I hadn't thought about what he would do if if he also grew. Well, that's why I want him to just have long pants. You never know. Oh, that's good too, yeah. And this is interesting. Oh, why do these religions, they always predict the end of the world? Mm. Why don't they just predict some big, you know, some fun changes? Yeah, or like the beginning of a second world that that goes in our orbit. Mm. Or, you know, or just like maybe like three Ks away. So you could climb up something real tall and <sighs> squeeze across, jump across. You know, when I found out about the theory of... This is what they thought of before they knew about tectonic plates mm. of global um, expanding. That the world was becoming bigger. Yeah, like world expanding. So they thought that the reason why there's like water in between things is because the you know like the world is kind of getting bigger and then the gaps between places are just kind and of... And the water, something, you've got to fill it with something. Or might as well be water. Might as well be water. Yeah, and then... Get some water, fill in the gaps, it's like putty. And I thought the idea that the world just kept getting bigger, mm. you know, I guess the inside would get sort of less dense over time. Yes. You know, and I like that because then there'd be more real estate. I mean, that'd be great, great for housing prices. Great for housing prices and things like that. But then tectonic plates came along. 
Yeah, well. Andy, we do have one, two, three, four, five, six. So yeah. now we could just do. We could do. I, I love that you didn't even specify what they are. Well, but whatever they are, we have it's six unclear. of them. It's unclear. Um, Andy. Yes, we have three words from uh, one of our from Mitch Griffiths, who the person who's who's who the uh, the every episode, emotion. Yeah, who has every emotion in their in their word and their name and. They they're our Patreon supporter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey Mitch. Hey Mitch. Thanks so much, Mitch, for supporting this. this. What is a name except for a word that we've decided is ours? Thank you. <laughs> I mean nobody decides really their own name. I wish you'd just run with my premise. We could have had so much fun. I think that's a great technique, by the way. Mm. Um. Just to say thank you. (laughs) I realised I needed a real hard out (laughs) on that sentence. Like, you're... It's an ejectus. You're never... You're never going to be stuck in life. You've got that thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So, Mitch's... Mr. Griffiths's. So sorry about the cough. Three words. Oh, you can't read your own handwriting, no, yeah, can well, you? I think I think it's right. I'm just going to double check. Can I try and read it? Oh yeah, no, okay, great. Uncouth. Uncouth, great word. Badger. Yep. Barbecue. A fantastic combination of words. Three words that start with B. Nah. <laughs> Uh, let's not go there again. No, but barbecue has two B's in a row. Now, is so. it true that they used to use badgers' penis bones as tie clips? Tie clips. Yeah, that's what I heard. Or maybe hair clip. I didn't so, know that. I think I think the badger yeah. has a bone in its penis, Yeah. right, that is, I guess, the perfect shape for a tie clip. Right, I did not know that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a real, um, real I issue, think- I suppose. Well, I guess it's an issue if you're if like a, like a part of your b- body is very useful to other people. So useful for keeping your tie down. You don't want that flapping all over the place. I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have a root around in that badger's dick, and I hope that I find <laughs> something. <laughs> you you rush back. You 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 you're about to head out for the night. You 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 step out the door. It's a bit windy. Right? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and your tie's flapping around. You say, "Honey, give me a second. I, I gotta, just need I'm, to I'm, just pop back into the house, and you're looking around for something everywhere. You don't know what, what exactly what you're looking for, but you're looking around, and you you're looking in all those little jars that you normally put odds and ends in in a drawer in mm. your kitchen or whatever, or maybe the drawer by the side it's of the maybe bed. Maybe a paper clip sort of or something. Like exactly that. like that, and then and then you spy out the window in the yard next yep. to the conservatory, mm. um, uh, a badger. Like, and you te- say, like just like, but it's like tearing into like some <laughs> rabbit corpse or something sure, like that. And you go, sure. oh, is that badger getting into my rabbit corpse? <clears throat> but and you think, you know what? It's a long shot, mm. and it's always, but it is always the last place you look. That's right. But then, almost by it, definition, yeah. And but this person, it's almost like there's so many places they haven't looked that it's all it's. It's, it's bas- like a third it's, place. You yeah, look. it's basically the first place they look. But I think they reason by the logic of, Ooh. as long as I promise myself I don't look anywhere else after that. Yeah. And look, let's be honest. After I've looked in a badger's dick, 
I'm probably not going to be in the mood. I'm not going to be Depending what? on how this goes, I might not be in the mood to keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a real strong chance this will be the last Either place way. I look. For one reason or another. I mean, it's very yeah. possible that, like, the badger will claw my my eyes out <laughs> once he sees where I'm going. <laughs> I'll never look anywhere again. This this will be the very last place I look yeah. in my life. In my life. Yeah. And but yet it works but, out for him. It works out for him. Yeah. It works out because I don't want that tie to flap around when no, I go out of the house with my not. wife. Of course not. And and oh, you know what it's like when you've ducked back into the house to find something. Yes. And you know the person is waiting outside, and you've got that pressure on you, and you're going to try anything, and even if it means skipping a few steps to what you're pretty sure is the last place you would have looked anyway. Mm. Right, so yeah. why don't I just skip there? Yeah, promise myself I won't look anywhere else afterwards. Look at that patch's dick, and no, lo and behold, you're so lucky. <laughs> you feel it. You can feel it through the flesh of the of the badger's penis. Like as you as you grab hold, you, you can feel the gap between the bones, and you go, perfect. You son of a bitch. You, holy Are shit. You, Todd McKinley, you son of a bitch, you've done it again. And then so, for a second, you're convinced that you're just, you're, you, you know, you, you have some kind of weird magic powers. It is luck. It is entirely luck that you just oh, thought sure. that there was a bone there. Yeah. But now, when but you. But what is luck? That's true. You make your own luck. Exactly. <laughs> now, when you do this, are you, are you reaching straight for the badger's penis? Or. Are you grabbing this badger by the neck and you're trying to <laughs> throttle it first before and kill it before you sort of rip its dick off and, <laughs> and use its dick bone to hold your tie down? I mean, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... Because I guess that's when you find out what kind of a person you are. Yeah, I guess, yeah. There's two types of people, Alistair, those who throttle the badger first <laughs> and those who know they don't have time. Those who just try to rip their dick off and run. I reckon, I reckon if you just went straight for the dick, there'd be a period in which the badger was sufficiently confused at the turn of events mm. to maybe not even lash out at you. Wow, yeah, there's a chance. You know? And there's a chance. And again, it... we've already established that you're the kind of guy who likes to take chances. <laughs> and somebody's waiting. They're out there they're out in there. the cold. You've got the car keys, by the way. Yeah. So they're not they don't get to go in the car and wait no, in there. Not even out of the wind. Not even you out of the wind. Even unlock the, the wind we've established, which is quite <laughs> quite blowy. Oh no. And yeah. And that's the thing is that I guess it's because at this stage in your life, you don't have the sort of the remote that allows you to just unlock click, it. Click. You would have had to go and unlock both doors individually, not what, even What do you mean locking. by this stage of your life? The like, badger dick wrangling No, but stage? I mean like, like I mean when people were, were still guessing whether or not. Um, oh, they don't have the luxury that we have today yeah, of the no, internet the, where we're able to instantly Google any animal's penises that right. might have useful bones in them. That's right. And so this is... This is, you know, could be set 60 years ago mm. before, you know, the usefulness of badger dicks was common knowledge mm. and cars didn't have central locking. <laughs> Those are the two premises of this sketch. Yeah. The two central premises 
I, hard to say which is more important. Mm. They eat. They they are pillars. It'd be great say. if once you came out with your clip on your tie. Yeah. Uh, and to the person who's been waiting, your out in perfectly the cold, unruffled tie. Your perfectly unruffled tie with this dry bone, <laughs> right? This I don't know how you've dried it, so I guess you've shaken it off a little you bit. You shook it off. Also, like it feels like the flesh, <coughs> penis flesh, would just kind of falls just, away, just fall away like a slow roasted, mm-hmm. like like you know the oh. the lamb on a slow roasted leg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pulled pork. Sure, pulled Quite off of literally. a bone. Yeah. <laughs> And then as you get out there, who's waiting for you? Maybe your husband, maybe your wife. Yes. Uh, maybe just... A, maybe you know, both. Maybe maybe both. One of them realizes they're cold. And maybe... They, they say, I'm just going to go get something. Go get something. And then maybe they go get like... Um, Polar fleece jacket? <laughs> Polar fleece jacket. And they come out and then you go to the, to the <laughs> ball. Right. To the ballroom. <laughs> um, well, there's a that's definitely that's definitely a sketch, Alistair. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's and it's also it's one of a a series of sketches that I feel could be made as a, almost a um you know series of short videos or something like that. You know, like many sketches, indeed, could. Mm. But uh, yeah, you have that. Classic comedy trope of yeah. the uh, drinking cow's milk. That's you right. Know, who was the pers- first person? Well, who... What What was the yeah? What was the first person to ever drink cow's milk? Thinking they were doing. Mm. Yeah, L- like that trope, mm-hmm. but for other things. Yeah, that's great. Those other things that are equally I... commonly known. Did much I... as like that, people drink milk. Everyone also commonly knows that badger sticks are used for. Tie pins, mm-hmm. and we're just filling in some detail on that. Fascinating. What was the tidbit. first person to ever put soles on their shoe? Thinking <laughs> <laughs> another perfect example. That yeah. was episode two episode. has already written itself. <laughs> you know, and you go, oh, I'm just gonna put a, I'm just gonna impede my walking, the the the, the bendiness of my foot by putting this hard rubber on top of it, <laughs> on top of it. Sure. Well, at this point, we didn't know which way was up. We didn't have the conventions of up and down really? that we did back that we do now. Right, or on With top shoes. of, or underneath. Yeah, yeah. No, but they didn't understand up or down. Wow. This is how long ago this come. This happens, and it was set in a like. But a, they had the tops of shoes. It was set in a cone universe, <laughs> where people live inside a cone. On the like on the I'm walls. Picturing it. Yeah, and then down the bottom, that's where the king lives. <laughs> and oh, when it rains, he's so lucky. But <laughs> when it rains, yes. Where does it rain? It on the walls. Oh yeah. And then it all goes down Flows into the down king's down the house, bottom. and that's why he's the king because he has all the water. Yep. Does he doesn't drown though? <laughs> no, because he can swim. He's got a <laughs> shark fuse to his back. <laughs> oh Christ. Thank you, Mitch Griffith. <sighs> Griffiths. Um, let's call this episode the pseudo-ephedrine episode. Okay. One. Take us through. Th- the sketches. The sketches, Alistair. Okay. One man freedom of navigation protest. 
Great. We right. talked about that for 25 minutes. Yeah, and then, but that was also, within that, there's also one man versus 1.4 billion. I just think a general one-person show of strength against an, another nation to mm. win their respect. To win yeah. their respect yeah. and then not take advantage of the power that that, uh, of course, that respect gives which them. Which is the greatest restraint. Which is the sh- greatest show of power. Mm. Which would get you more respect. And yeah, then and more power. And then, and then you could really fuck them up. Then you'd really be vulnerable to sleeping with somebody like just because of... Because of they love your you position. so much. Because of your yeah. position. Yeah. But then you really but then don't. then you don't, do and then you get more respect. This is but only thing. from that single person. Because not everybody's watching your every move. No, and you can't really go on, nation, on, on nationwide television and say, I could have slept with this person, <laughs> but I didn't. But I didn't, because that would lower your respect. Exactly. It's undignified. It's unbecoming. That's right. And but... Of but, a man in your position. <laughs> <coughs> um, did you have anything else to say about that? No, I feel like we covered it. Great. Then we've got, okay. Now, I wrote this down as two sketches. Oh, thank God. Okay. So there's the, uh, what's what's the real treasure piece to camera sketch with yes. pirates? Thanks for writing that down. It didn't feel particularly No, no, but saying. like it's just pirates and they're rugged. Yeah. And they're, and they're, uh, they're, they're mutilated. Mm, mm. And... You know, some of them are very diseased from time at sea. <laughs> yes. Right? But they're talking about what the real treasure is. Yeah, which is lovely. Yeah. Then we have the other sketch, which is... And maybe they're gathered around as they're digging the, they're digging a hole in the, in the, in the uh, coral atoll mm. to bury their treasure in. Or, and or and get And they're saying out. to each other, you're saying, you know, because there's one treasure that we can't bury. <laughs> which is uh, uh, this time together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this... This great fun that we're having, working towards a single aim together. Yes, yes, and the fact that we were all we all did this, we all came along the way, you know. And it seemed crazy. It seemed crazy to get on a boat with no real mission mm. other than to capture and destroy other ships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and take their their value. And you know, I don't need to tattoo a map uh, onto my body to show me where that real treasure is mm-hmm. because I know where it is and it's right here. It's right here. And he points to his heart. Yeah, well, that's a good place, yeah. Because yeah. I've got a tattoo of it right there yeah. on my heart. There's a big X on his heart. Yeah. I had a tattoo <laughs> I had a tattoo to show me where the real treasure is yeah. made X. and there's a big X on, on his heart. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> they're so sensitive. They're really, they're really loving, man. Yeah. But you wouldn't or expect Or maybe it. it's just one of the crew. Who is like that? <laughs> it's constantly insisting that that's the real treasure. That's quite nice. I mm. think he would make a great character. Mm. Maybe he could be. I was going to try and find a something beard. Yeah, I was. I was trying to think. Think of a beard as well. I was yeah. there. Um, no beard. Nice beard. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, the loveliest pirate. Nice beard. Um. Then there's the other pirate sketch, which is the pirate economic sketch, where you know it's it's sort of two crews talking. Uh, one is, you know, they're talking about what they're going to do. You know, they're basically they're really hoping to, you know, it's a big boat. They're really hoping to encounter something soon in the next three months because that's all they got resources mm. for. And then next to them is just a guy who's uh, sort of, you know, using sort of um, capsicum. Capsicums <laughs> under his feet, and he says, "Well, if I go out, well, I'm going to go. Out, I'm going to be out there. I could go 500 meters, mm. and I'll I'll probably find something 
to make my money back. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most insane sketch idea we've ever come up with. You know, but like, you know, and, and the thing is, is that I could, I could walk across to that jetty over there and just steal one of their boats and already I've made more money. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've quadrupled the value of these capsicums. Mm. There's got to be a pun about the sunk cost fallacy in there somewhere else there. Oh, absolutely. Maybe, maybe he, uh, a pirate has, they name the ship. The sunk cost fallacy. I think that's going to be great. And I, I I look forward to seeing all the behavioral psychologists laugh at that. They'll really chortle. They're going to chortle. They're going to guffaw. Oh. Yeah. I think, I hope. Mm. I don't know, though. But they're quite a serious type of people. I get that. I get that as much, yeah. Um, then we have uh, Shark Taxi. Ah, uh, yes. Shark Taxi. Shark Taxi with the, the kid's book, but then also later on a Seinfeld-type mm. uh, mm. sitcom. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's because once once your childhood audience has grown up, grown up, they're ready to see that kind of thing. Like it seems to happen so often these days. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I I'd be hard pressed to name a children's book from my youth that isn't now a popular sitcom. Yeah, on four nights a week, on a major channel. Um, then we got Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on? Quiz show, mm-hmm. and but mostly it's about the uh, I describe a house and you tell me what universe this is set <laughs> yeah. in. Um, then we've got preppers for when different, you know, for like for different things, like uh, like you know, sort of uh, automatic parallel universe shifting. Yep, yep. That's probably at the extreme end. Yeah, that's the extreme <laughs> end. But then there's also the idea of like um, pre- people who are prepping for like Pepsi Max getting taken off the shelves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I don't know in what way they prep. Maybe they, they don't even really like Pepsi Max. It's not going to affect me in a huge way. I've got. I bought. I bought two cans. <laughs> Just in case in the future. I, I, have, a fr- like I have a friend around who really likes it, and I'll yeah. be able to give them some. Because oh, I'm pretty sure there is a TV show called Extreme Preppers. Yeah. So this is unextreme preppers as the guy who's just got two cats, Pepsi Max. Well, he's still just prepping. In case. He's still, I mean. Because you never know. You never know what scenario is going to come mm. up. Also, I have a stash of guns in case I have to shoot the government. That and the two cans of Pepsi yeah. Max. But then there's also the chance that what, what if, like, the Pepsi Corporation comes after us? Instead of, like, instead of the, the, the government turning on us, there's a chance, like, Coca-Cola Amatil could turn on us. If they could... If they did, and they just put some poison in the in the coke, yeah. Or I mean, what if what if all their all their can distributions have like a bomb within them that they just decide to set? And they off? blow them all up. Mm-hmm. Be terrible. Well, we wouldn't have expected it, but we let them put their machines right, in, all, in, our, in our homes, in our most important, mm-hmm. <laughs> in our mo- most important <laughs> buildings and homes. <laughs> if if I would if I were to come to you today and say, allow me to put a, a large metal box in the hallways of power. Mm-hmm. It'll be full of tempting-looking treats. Yep. Everybody would shake their heads at me and... Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I'm going to have a man come by and restock it occasionally. Yeah. He'll be wearing a blue shirt. But? You'd, you'd call me insane. I would. Blue shirt. <laughs> And then we got Badger Dick Clip. Badger Dick Clip. Badger so. Dick. Badger Dick Clip. Badger Dick. Badger Dick Clip. I got a Badger Dick and I got a Dick Clip. Got a clip for my Badger Dick. Dick on my clip. Yeah. 
What yeah, you I, don't know, I was just imagining the flip flip reversal of the. Um, oh, a badger kills a human to get their tie. To get their tie to tie up his dick. I guess he could get if he <laughs> which was, is flapping around the, in the wind. The thing is, if, if if the badger's dick is erect, it probably would just hold its tie in place. Great. Up against its belly. Yep. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. I don't uh, know what that episode was. Oh man, uh, you know we laughed. Yeah, we talked. We talked, and you guys are the most important people in our lives. And after the fact that we do families. this to you is, you know, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Is this an abusive relationship? <laughs> I, I hope not. If it is. Tell us on our by reviewing us on, uh, oh, on iTunes. iTunes. Yeah, you know, sure. You know, you can give still us... give us five stars because <laughs> I think that's the main thing. But then in the body of the uh, yeah. of the review, you really Co- go to town. Code it in some way, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe try not to use the word abuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can also yeah. find us on Twitter at Two in Tank. Mm-hmm. I'm at Alistair TV. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. And you can. I've, I've fired up our old email account. If you want to email us about oh. anything at all, yeah, uh, to in the think tank at gmail dot com. Great, and I'll reply to your emails. Well, that's this nice. is an exciting new development. This is really exciting. And Alistair, how are we going with those t shirts? Oh, very close. We we yeah. now have we now have the high high resolution files. Yes, they're in the wrong format. Though, they're in the they? wrong format that that this t shirt website doesn't. Okay, doesn't accept. so that's the bit that I've done so far. Yeah, what have you done? Well, I just got to get onto a computer. Oh, you discovered that they were in the wrong format. Well, I tried, didn't I? Yeah, you absolutely did. All right. They're in the wrong format, which at the moment is digital, and we want to get them into the format of, of T-shirts. t-shirts. <laughs> we're just looking for some kind of <laughs> converter <coughs> that can... Convert it into T-shirt. Yeah, from TIFF to T-shirt. TIFF shirt. TIFF shirt. At the moment, they're TIFF shirts. Yeah. And, and we, we love you. you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.